Welcome to the MentalCast, powered by Soul Performance Academy, and I'm your host, Dan Mickle. MentalCast is a weekly podcast dedicated to the discussions around mental performance, coaching, and other great topics for life learners. For more information, visit danmickle.com and 717soul.com. And you can always reach the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 717soul. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Mental Cast, episode 008, because we're ambitious and hopefully we'll get into triple digits at some point. This episode is on coaching burnout. I'm your host, Dan Mickle from danmickle.com and Soul Performance Academy. Thank you again for joining us and taking your time and for your feedback. One of the changes that we're making starting with this episode is. Everyone said they like a little bit shorter of an episode. They want to get in and out when they have their commute or quick downtime. So we're going to try and keep all our episodes under an hour. Um, preferably, I like to be in the half hour, 45 minute area. So we're going to do our best to see if we can pick topics and cover things uh, in that time frame. Again, hit us up at any time with any of your questions, comments, or thoughts across all social media at 717 Soul. Or you can use the hashtag Ask717Soul to reach out to us. So today we're going to talk about probably one of the topics that I get asked about the most um, from other coaches. And it's really about coaching burnout and how do we avoid it and how do we look at it. And it really goes across all sports and even in the corporate world. Not even talking about uh, just athletic coaching or performance coaching. But if we're looking at business coaching or even, you know, as a manager, you kind of look at the, like that as a coach. So one of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit is going to be the science behind and about burnout. We're going to look at some of the warning signs and then some of the ways that you can cope when you feel like burnout is approaching you. And I'd love to start off with this quote from Admiral Bill Owens that says, leadership is an active role. Lead is a verb. But the leader who tries to do it all is headed for burnout and in a powerful hurry. So what exactly is burnout? For me, burnout is basically a condition. And I like to think of it um, when we start feeling a high level of fatigue or blunted emotions. And we begin to have reduced performance as a coach. So we physically start to feel tired, but then also our cognitive reactions and decision makings begin to suffer from it. And our emotions can be pretty blunted. And what I mean about that is you actually go from not even passionate or anger or joy or happiness, but you kind of just go to blah, right? You can start to feel like you don't even have the energy to be upset at things anymore. And I think that's a huge sign. When you're a coach and something's going wrong and you no longer have the energy to even be upset about it or to want to look at what's going on, that's a pretty good sign that you're headed towards burnout. One of the things that we think about, too, is coaches in the process of developing burnout. And I like to call it you know, syndrome. I think burnout syndrome is a great terminology for it is that you begin to experience negative symptoms, both physically and mentally. And the physically is a key one. When we talk about burnout, a lot of coaches talk about the desire or lack of desire to go to practice or to coach in matches or games or performances. But really, the physical signs are the first you know, signals and red flags going up. 
you start to get sick and we won't get into that now because we'll talk about the symptoms a little bit later but I want you to kind of think about the physical side a little bit more than the mental side when we're talking about this because I think that's the part that's the most neglected also the burnout will put a strain on the coaches and have a negative effect on your athlete and the organization and your social group around you this isn't rocket science, right? This is kind of like what we all know. When you're approaching burnout, you kind of get snappy with everyone, but it can affect your program, it can affect your administration, and it can even affect your home life. So that's kind of what you got to be careful about. So let's talk a little bit about the science and what's behind burnout. And one of the things that I found really really interesting when researching this was a lot of people that I talked to think that burnout is dictated by your success or lack thereof as a coach or as a performer or as a salesperson or a manager but really according to the research most studies found that there's no correlation between poor performance and fatigue in coaches so what it's saying is, whether you're coaching a good team or a bad team, you can still have burnout. One doesn't cause the other. Now, one can be a contributing factor, of course, but it's not so much the actual success as it is all the little factors that might be causing the lack of success that help create the burnout. Coaches with excellent results internationally experience a pretty high burnout rate. So I want to stress again that excellent results is no guarantee for a high level of wellness in a coach. One of the theories that we look at, and it's an empirical study based on self-determination theory, or SDT, um, and it's really about motivation, personal development, and wellness. And the theory focuses on different types of motivation, not so much the level of motivation. A lot of times people think about motivation in levels, but we have to really talk about like what type of motivations there are and what the quality of those motivations are. So when we look at autonomous motivation or motivation that just happens through yourself, self-motivation, that is a high-quality motivation. And then we have controlled motivation, which is, you know, hey, I'll give you a piece of chocolate if you get this ball in the net. Or, hey, Jimmy, don't strike out and here's some Skittles for you. That's a controlled motivation. And I know that's a coach-to-player example, but we also have those examples as, you know, ad administration to coaches Obviously, there might be performance pay tied into what you're coaching. You may get a bonus if you win so many matches or you make a certain level of playoffs. And while that is good motivation, it's actually a lower quality of motivation compared to motivation that's coming within from yourself. And then we have A motivation, which is complete lack of motivation. It's demotivizing you. <laughs> I wish I could make that word up because I think demotivizing would be an awesome word to use. Um, but it's a lack of motivation. So the different forms of motivation will, to a degree, predict the level of performance and wellness. If you have a system in a program that has a lot of autonomous motivation, 
you're going to have higher quality motivation and probably it's an indicator that you'll probably have less coaching burnout. Whereas if you're in a controlled motivation where your motivation is solely to get that golden ring or to get that playoff spot or to get those wins, that's going to be low quality and that will actually get you to burn out quicker than if you're motivated from within. One of the biggest motivators from within and Thomas are those coaches that just want to keep the joy of the game going. They want to pass on the love that they had for the game and they get a joy out of teaching it. They don't care about whether they're on coaching the first team or the third team, the national team, the regional team. What they care about is they're making lives better for the sport and grooming maybe their players for a better life outside of sport. And that motivates them. And you'll find those types of coaches don't burn out as quickly. And it's interesting when I look at club sports where we have uh, underprivileged, I guess would be the word I'm looking for, uh, communities and have special programs set up. Volleyball, for example, Starlings is a great one. And I know there's AAU basketball out there that's specific to underprivileged and underserved communities. And it's interesting to me, to me to find that a lot of those coaches stay in those programs forever because they don't get burned out because they're helping those players grow and they're motivated by keeping the sport alive and helping, and, and literally in some cases, helping keep the athletes alive and keeping them out of trouble. And that's what motivates them. When it comes to the athletic aspect of it, some of those teams are really tough to manage. You have kids that can't show up because parents are working multiple jobs and maybe they have to watch their little brother and sister. So from a, from a, from a sport and athletic, those are really tough teams to coach sometimes. But they don't get burned out from that because they're being driven internally by their end goals. And that just, to me always amazes me that you would think that the the burnout level of those would be higher. So to recap, the self-determination theory is the theory stresses that the quality of motivation is affected by the social environment from which an individual interacts. Again, those underprivileged, underserved teams have more social environment interaction because they're trying to grow those programs and they're giving the need to those programs that may not have had it before versus those high elite ones where maybe the parents are just dropping their kids off right in a check and you only see them when they're complaining at an event, at a match or a tournament, when they want to get in your ear or the ref's ear. And that's not the best social environment. So that is going to stress you out. And social environments providing, you know, providing support and something as simple as maybe getting meals or helping you organize the meals or helping carpool. Anything that has a strong social tie are more likely to foster autonomous motivation, which is a higher quality motivation. So think about that. What can you do to help bring your so social circle into your program, not to just benefit your program, to, but to benefit you? as the coach and not having burnout. So I know that that kind of gets us to, well, what about, you know, 
parents and players and uniforms, budgets, scouting, you know, getting these kids scholarships and equipment. All that obviously comes in to burnout. But again, it all leads back to your social environment. Social environments providing support for basic psychological needs such as feeling accomplished, self-determination, and having strong social ties are more likely to foster autonomous motivation. We have gotten away from interacting with parents as coaches. And parents have gotten away from interacting with coaches by going above the coaches, going to the club directors, to the athletic directors. And we're skipping that whole key component of the social aspect of making it a family. I know that sounds so cliche, like, hey, my club is a big family or this team is a big family. But it needs to be. Because if not, and you just keep churning out players after players after players, but not having that social environment around, you're going to burn out. You're going to want to take a step back. And for me, that's always been the challenge with coaching, say, like an all-star team or a high-performance team. You have some of the best athletes. And I know the first concern is, oh, man, that's going to be a lot of egos. And But really, the biggest problem with those types of teams are you don't have the social support of those high-performance teams that you do for your local or regional or your high school or your middle school or whatever your local team is because it's not always part of your community. So you're taking the best athletes, getting them to get along, putting their egos aside, which is all fine, but then you as the coach don't have that social support usually. Now you may have one of your own kids on that high-performance team, so that kind of gives you a little bit of a net but we need to foster it. We talk about the team building and, hey, I got this all-star team. and I want to do a quick team building to kind of get them all on the same page because they're coming from different schools and different backgrounds. But what team building do you do for the rest, for the team behind the team, for the family, and for the parents to help them? Because that's who you're going to need. That's what's going to cause you the burnout. So just to recap on the science... Burnout is not dependent on success. Success is not an indicator of whether or not you're going to get burned out. The type of motivation matters more than the quantity. So the quality over quantity when it comes to motivation. And having a good social environment is absolutely key to preventing the burnout. All right, we're going to take a short break so I can sell some journals. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what are some of the signs of burnout. Hey, everyone, this is Dan Mickle with danmickle.com and Soul Performance Academy. Are you looking to take your training and results to the next level? Did you know that most of the top athletes across all sports contribute a lot of their success to journaling? Journaling is a great way to make sure that you're on track with your goals and to help you reflect on the journey that you've been on. The Don't Suck Performance Journal is a great way to start your journaling process or to take your current journaling to the next level. 
The Don't Sucks Performance Journal is a 16-week, undated, guided journal with a ton of features like monthly, weekly, and daily journal sheets. Goal-setting sheets with road mapping. 16 different meditations and mantras every week to help you keep centered. Breathing and progressive muscle relaxation scripts to help calm you. Daily quotes to keep you motivated. Links to audio scripts that you can download and listen to on the go. And a ton of other great resources. The Don't Sucks Performance Journal is a great for amateurs, professionals, coaches, and entire teams. Please visit don'tsuckbooks.com for more information and ordering options. And don't forget, there is a bulk discount available. Again, that is don'tsuckbooks.com to pick up your copy of the Don't Sucks Performance Journal. That's don'tsuckbooks.com. Okay, welcome back, and let's talk a little bit now about what are some of the signs of burnout. When we look at it, I like to look at it as two, two ways. First, the mental side, and then the physical side. So when I look at the mental side of burnout, some of the things I see are every single curveball that you get becomes a crisis. No matter how big or how small, everything becomes a crisis. You're freaking out about it. It could be something as simple as a court change or a schedule change, a time change, and you make a huge deal out of it. That could be a big warning sign. If you have the inability to recharge or relax, that's definitely. If you can't come home, regardless of the time, and sit still for 30 minutes and not have your mind racing about what's going on in your coaching world, you're headed down that path towards burnout. A big one, if you're a stat person or you like to look at the numbers, is when you start to look at things and everything seems to be a sense of inefficiency. You feel like like no matter what you're doing, you're not doing it efficiently. You're not scheduling it correctly. You're not laying the practice plans out. You begin to look at every single minute, every single second, and you think that you're just not being efficient. Feeling disengaged. Maybe you notice your assistants are running the program more. Or you just don't have that interaction during a match or a game that you normally have with your players or the referees or the fans. You're just kind of almost in third-person mode watching it happen. When you walk into the gym and cynicism is your norm, everything is just, you know, bad. Everything's wrong. Everything's going to go wrong. Nothing's going to go right. You become the Eeyore of the coaching world. And here's the big one. You can't let go of perfection. It is great to strive to be perfect. It is great to work to be the best you can. But when it becomes just all-encompassing and swallowing up every minute of your time on the pursuit of trying to be perfect, you're headed towards burnout. It's a mechanism of your mind letting you know that you're about to burn out because no matter what you do it's never going to be good enough so what are some of the physical signs chronic low energy because your mind is fighting your body all the time and your mind wants more energy 
your muscles fighting for energy, everything's fighting for energy, but you have this mental conflict going on, and it's just killing and eating all your energy up. You end up getting sick more often. And maybe you start passing it off like, oh, half my team was sick, or it was cold this weekend. You start to make excuses, but you have to start to notice that maybe this is a little bit out of the norm, even with those things going on. You begin to pick up new bad habits. Uh, a drastic one would be, you know, all of a sudden you become a smoker. Obviously, that's, you know, a problem. But maybe, you know, you start coming in five minutes late, or you don't set up equipment, or you're not prepared. Things that are completely out of the norm for you. You have major swings in weight, whether it's gaining or losing. Because you don't realize that you're just not eating, because maybe there's more, like another one's ulcers. You know, you're not eating because you get sick in the stomach every time. Well, it's because you have an ulcer because you're approaching this burnout and having these issues. And sometimes people get physical rashes when they start to burn out because they're just constantly thinking the body can't heal. It has no idea what's going on. It's getting absolutely crazy. So those are some of the the physical ones. The, the big ones for me are sickness. Because you're going to try and make every excuse on why you're sick. I was out in the rain, you know, I'm a track coach and it was cold this weekend. Or, you know, two of my kids on the team are sick and maybe I didn't, you know, use hand sanitizer and, and now I'm sick. But maybe it's a sign of a little bit more and you need to start kind of thinking about it. So how do we cope with the burnout. And as with any issue with the mind and body, there's no right or wrong answer. There's there's no, you know, this isn't like, hey, doc, I got coaching burnout and he gives you a pill and all of a sudden you're, you know, good to go. Um, there can be an infinite reason or combination of reasons on why you may be traveling towards burnout and what the symptoms are. So you kind of have to take a step back and look at the whole picture a bit. So what's my first step when I talk about avoiding burnout? It really is the simplest. Look at your local community and your social environment. I know I've been hounding on the social environment. But look at who you're surrounding yourself with, whether it's you know parents, players, staff. How can you adapt those things? How can you bring the parents in more? Stop pushing them away. How can you bring them in more to help support you? How can you delegate things to your staff? And ironically, that's going to be one of the next podcast uh, topics is how to delegate. But how can you delegate to some of your staff to help alleviate it? And how can you involve the community? You know, when I look at things like Texas football, there's no secret on why some of those coaches are unbelievably successful and have been there for 30 years when you have the community behind you and helping you driving down main street and there's signs supporting your football team you go to the diner and everyone calls you coach and knows who you are that's actually a huge boost to motivation and a great way to help so that's always my first step first thing is take a step back and look out who you are surrounding yourself with and who you're surrounding your program with. 
And there's always going to be bad seeds. There's always going to be a bad parent, bad alumni, bad administration. But don't let that one seed take away. Don't shut down an outreach program with your parents or the community because one person ruined it. Figure out how you can move past that roadblock and maybe continue on. Step two is make time for relaxation. And I know what a lot of you will say. I relax a lot. I come home from practice, I sit in the chair, I watch Jeopardy. Or I have a bourbon and I watch the news. But the key is you want to make it a routine. And whether it's meditation, listening to music, reading a book, you know, take a walk with your wife or your husband or, you know, a friend. Or just go visit someone. But don't just say you'll get to it. Actually schedule that time. I personally schedule my downtime in my season. And I turn my phone off. For me, I like to listen to meditation music. I don't necessarily officially meditate. I, I don't do mantras a lot. But what I'll do is I'll just sit in a relaxing position, put the headphones on, and listen to music without words for 30 minutes. And I schedule it like clockwork. I know exactly when I'm done with practice, this is what I'm going to do. I don't say, oh, when I try and get in. I treat it like it's part of my practice. So put it in the books. We all know I'm big on journaling. So put it in your journal. Make the time. Don't just say you'll get to it. Put an exact time. This is when I'm going to relax, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a walk with the dog to the dog park from 7 to 8 p.m. And just do that. Turn off the phone, try and switch off the coaching mind, and don't think about it. Just enjoy your time doing what you're doing. Be mindful, present in the moment. Step three for me is find outside interests. Find something outside of work, outside of coaching that you're passionate about. That's challenging, engaging, and really gets you going. Not just, hey, I'm going to read. Unless the reading is thought-provoking. But you want something that's challenging you because you want to sort of replace the cognitive experience that's going on and the challenge that's going on, but you want to be different than your coaching. So maybe write poetry, write short stories, paint. But find an outside interest that actually makes you do things. Um, one of my biggest ones, and I'll nerd out on this, I'm a gamer. And one of the best ways for me to relax is just getting online and playing games. Just shooting things up, you know, throwing the Xbox on and having a good time for like 30 minutes to an hour. That is huge for me. And it's funny because I game more when I'm in season because I'm using it to help me cope and not burn out than I do when I'm not in season and actually have more free time to game. But it could be something as simple as that. 
It could be something much bigger than that. Maybe you're a musician. You want to record music, learn new songs, actually go out and play. But find an outside interest, something that's going to challenge you. Step four is the toughest one that we all have, but just unplug your life. While technology is awesome, obviously it helps you listen to this podcast and it helps me every day in life educate and train coaches and business people, but can also allow tons of stressors to seep into family time or your relaxation time. Just sit once for an hour and see how many times your phone buzzes, beeps, goes off, gives you an alert. It doesn't seem like much, but there's a reason they're called an alert. Every time it goes off, your body physiologically changes when it hears that alert. Maybe even slightly. Sometimes it's even more than that. So set some boundaries. Turn off your cell phones. Regulate when you're checking email. Everyone that knows me knows I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan. And the four-hour work week, probably the second biggest takeaway next to finding a virtual assistant was about email timing. I used to be that guy that had my email open 24-7, just waiting for it to come in. And now I check email four times a day max. I'm trying to get down to two times a day. But man, the stress that that's alleviated, because I get probably 100 emails an hour, and I'm not even kidding. Between all the stuff that I have going on, I probably get 100 emails an hour. And I would just sit there constantly, and I just would find myself, my whole day was just spent. But it's amazing that when you check emails less frequently, how much stuff doesn't matter, and it is just delete, 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 delete save for later, save for later, reply now. But it has freed up a ton of time and the stress level has gone down a ton. If it's an emergency, they're going to call you. The administrator will call you. A parent will call you. The client will call you. Take a step back, unplug, and turn it down a little bit. Step five is a big one that's getting a lot of attention now. Get enough sleep. Recovering from chronic stress and burnout requires removing or reducing the demands and replenishing your resources. And the only way to do that, really, is to sleep. I got in on the ground floor with WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P. If you go to WHOOP.com, you can check out their activity bands. And... I always struggle with my weight, and I realize that there's always going to be a challenge. But what I didn't like was just the always feeling fatigued and always feeling tired. And what the Whoop Band does was it it looks at you, and you, you can read all the science and how it does it and what's going on. But it lets you look at what your activity is biometrically throughout your day and how much recovery you need. And it takes into consideration how much recovery you had the day before. So if I only slept for four hours, it's going to let me know that my recovery needs to be longer tonight because I didn't get enough last night. It is a great product. And I believe it's somewhere between $35 and $50 a month. 
for the software, but you get the free band. And so it, it's more than just say like a Fitbit or your Apple watch, you know, counting calories. It actually looks at how much physical exertion your body's putting out and how much, you know, labor is being put on your body and then how much rest and recovery you're getting. So it's a great device. I'll make sure that the link is in this episode's recap, but whoop.com W H O O P. Uh, dot com. I, I hope it might be whoopband.com. Well, I'll double check, but it's definitely whoop. <laughs> um, step six is the big, huge one for me. Get organized. Clear your head, put together, make to-do lists. A lot of our time, um, a lot of time, it's just a matter of thinking we have these huge spaces of time and we really don't and you need to sit down look at it plan your schedule out Um, you can do it on electronic task list but I love pen to paper when it comes to my to-do list and to my daily planner but then you don't have to think about when you're going to get things done you know hey I'm going to pay the bills tomorrow at three I don't even need to worry about it now I'm going to do it three or I'm going to have that meeting at two I'm not going to stress about it I'm going to fix this at 5. Take the time, do a planner, and get organized. That is a huge one. Step 7, stay attuned. It's important to tune into your precursors of conditions, you know, physical signs that you might be under too much stress. You're getting more headaches, tight shoulders, stiff neck, or your stomach's upset. It may be more than just something you ate. It may be more than just the flu or the cold. It could be telling you that you're getting burned out. So stay attuned to your body. It's going to tell you what's going on. And the last one is step eight, is know when to say when. Sometimes enough is enough and nothing will work to fix it. And it may be time for you just to walk away. You may have to walk away from the profession or maybe you just need to walk away from the team or the company and get a new view. A lot of the great coaches have. Pete Carroll went from the Giants to USC to the Seahawks. It happens. Bill Belichick, Browns, Patriots, look what happened. Sometimes you just need to look out a different window to have better results. And maybe it's just time. And I know it's tough. I know a lot of us coaches start coaching because we have some tie to the program or the school that we're coaching at. And it can be tough to leave that program because you have a sense of loyalty to them. But what's worse, underperforming and burning out as a coach and bringing the whole program down or stepping away and going elsewhere and appreciating the time that you had there? So take the time and think about maybe it is, you know, time to get away all right we're going to sell a mindfulness course quick on this next commercial then when we come back we'll do a recap and we'll close up this episode episode eight of the mental cast coaching burnout and how to avoid it attention to the things that are happening in this very moment may sound easy but how many times has our attention redirected our thoughts Although thinking is undeniably very handy, as it allows us to make plans and solve difficult problems, at the same time, it often triggers many problems. Our mind can easily get lost in endless thinking. 
This is a problem that I've had since a child. I felt like I was going to have to live with a foggy mind and anxiety for the rest of my life. Hi everyone, this is Dan Mickle, founder of Soul Performance Academy and DanMickle.com. I eventually started to look for a solution to my foggy mind and anxiety, and that led me to the practice of mindfulness. The journey was not easy. There was a lot of misinformation, speculation, and downright fear surrounding the art of mindfulness. Luckily, I found methods and resources that helped me, and now I'm offering those methods to you. Mindfulness Online is our eight-week self-paced mindfulness course that is perfect for people of all ages and backgrounds. Whether you are a student struggling with the stresses of school or a stay-at-home mom who can't stop her mind from racing with thoughts 24-7, this program is designed for you. Designed by Dr. Hugo Alberts of Positive Psychology Incorporated, this course is a great way to start your journey to a calm mind. This eight-week self-paced course will cover topics like attention, automaticity, the ego, and compassion. The course is jam-packed with videos, presentations, and other resources to help you on your journey. This course is also designed to go at your own pace and is available across all platforms and web browsers. Visit us at campus.soulperformanceacademy.com today for more details and to sign up for this great course. Listeners of this podcast can currently get 50% off the course by entering the code PODCAST2020. Again, visit campus.soulperformanceacademy.com and use code PODCAST2020 to receive 50% off this great eight-week course. As an additional gift, you will also receive two free eBooks when you sign up. Stress Less and Mindful Meditation are two great companion books to go along with this course. Both books are 100% free when you register for this Mindfulness Online course. So last time, visit campus.soulperformanceacademy.com and use code PODCAST2020 to receive 50% off a Mindfulness Online course and get your free two eBooks today. All right, welcome back, and we're going to finish up here with our coaching burnout recap. So when we look at burnout, some of the causes, lack of support, lack of organization, poor motivation. Those are our big ones. Warning signs, you become disengaged. Every little curveball becomes a bigger issue than it actually is. Huge mood swings, or you're ill or sick. And don't forget, both mental and physical aspects of your life can be affected by burnout. It's not just the mental. So how do we cope with it? I gave you the eight methods that I like to use. One, we reshape your personal community. Two, we schedule relaxation. We just don't say we're going to do it. Three, we create a rich non-coaching life. Find you activities outside of your coaching or your work. Three, you unplug, turn off the electronics, get away from them. Four, you get some sleep and rest. Five, get organized. Six, stay attuned. Seven, know when to say when. And I think I double numbered, didn't I? I apologize. Let's go over this again. One, reshape your personal community. Two, schedule relaxation. Three, Create a rich, non-coaching life. Four, unplug. Five, get sleep. Six, get organized. Seven, stay attuned. 
to your body and what's going on. It'll tell you when you're six. And eight, know when to say when. See, I'm not even going to edit this out because I think that's key to let you know that I mess up a lot. So again, eight methods. Reshape your personal community. Schedule relaxation. Create a rich non-coaching life. Unplug. Get sleep. Get organized. Stay attuned. Know when to say when. And I just want to end you with my big final thought about coaching burnout. That the common myth I hear when working with coaches all the time is that burnout doesn't happen or happens less with teams that are successful or that it happens more with underperforming teams. And the truth is that, that happens to a lot of coaches in a lot of different situations regardless of success. The key is preparing yourself in how to recognize and how to deal with it. Have a plan to slow it down or avoid it, and then also have a plan what you're going to do once you feel like you've reached burnout or about to reach burnout. Don't just let it be a surprise. I hope this episode has helped you out. Again, reach out to me. You can email me directly, dmickle at 717soul.com. Hit us up on all social media at 717soul. Please retweet, like, share, repost everything. We would love to get more followers. And I am begging you officially, do me a favor, take the time, subscribe to this podcast, and then also leave us a review. More reviews means that we go higher up in the rankings, which means I can justify spending more time doing more of these. And I would really, really appreciate it. I would love some reviews even if you're going to slam me, which I don't think you will, but you know how it is. Again, I really hope that this episode helps you out and helps some people out you know. Email me, hit us up on social media, let me know, 717soul.com, danmickle.com for podcasts, blogs, and more daily and weekly updates. And see you next week with our next episode. Not sure what I'm going to do yet, but we'll have it out next Friday. See you all then, and remember, don't suck. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Mental Cast. Please remember to follow us on all social media at 717soul and drop by our Facebook and Twitter pages to leave us your comments and your show ideas. And don't forget, the official Don't Suck Performance Journal is now available for purchase online. Visit 717soul.com slash DSPJ. That's 717soul.com slash DSPJ for more information and to order your copy today. Have a great day and remember, don't suck.